Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. Well, it is gratitude week. We are in the week leading up to the national public holiday of Thanksgiving. And I've been thinking quite a lot about how thankful I am for God's work. In fact, really all the blessings in my life come from God's work in some way. God's work is the means by which a message of warning and hope reaches the entire world. And there are so many different aspects of God's work, so many different ways to teach, preach, and show by example how God's way of life really is the only way that works. And so God's work has a part in many different projects, all of them motivated by give, love, and hope. And so today I just wanted to give you five different things about God's work that I am thankful for. I'm going to go in descending order, reverse order, to try to build a little bit of suspense. Number five. I'm thankful for the godly throne room culture. On page three of our free booklet, How God Values Music, Philadelphia Church of God music director Ryan Malone writes, what a visually rich environment. This is talking about God's throne room in Revelation chapter four. Pure gold, precious stones, a sea of fiery crystal and what an aurally rich setting harps singing and constant music verses 11 through 13 reference an angelic chorus of 100 million voices all this you could say is god's throne room culture and a little farther down the page, what is most inspiring about these environs is the fact that God intends to export this throne room culture. God has exported his throne room culture to his work. That throne room culture is right here in the middle of Oklahoma and anywhere God's people are. Now, speaking of godly music, speaking of being grateful, we're going to play a song now by my beloved mother titled Count Your Blessings. Once when I was younger, life was getting great. 
problems just kept piling up each day. Then I met a widow whose life had much more pain. That is when I knew I had no reason to complain. As we got to talking, I was surprised to find the weight by many troubles. She was happier than I. I asked her what her secret was to always keep a smile. She said, "Remember this when you are facing any trial. If you sit down and count your blessings, you better find a comfortable chair, 'cause it might take a while to number all the ways God cares. And the more time you spend counting, the more blessings you'll see." That was Count Your Blessings by my mother, Mrs. Laura Turgeon. This is just one of many songs in our music archive at pcg.church. We have all kinds of quality music, uplifting music, emotionally impactful music, music that has moved me to tears many times. God's work does have a godly throne room culture. There is a high emphasis on music and dance. The church has produced a number of Bible-based musicals over the years, as well as music albums. And those musicals have included Irish dance. And there's even been an entire show called Celtic Throne focused on Irish dance. Godly music and dance rejoicing through the arts. And of course, there's also a concert series here. The Armstrong International Cultural Foundation concert series that has existed for over two decades now. I've been blessed over the years to serve during these concert events, 
to attend dozens of these concerts. And it really doesn't matter what's going on in my life, how stressed or discouraged I might be. When I go to one of those concerts, all of that goes away. That's how wonderful and uplifting those events are. It does showcase the very best of the human spirit. The very best music in the entire world. I was asked recently by a student what I listened to. And I was actually a bit stumped by the question. I can't really think of any bands or genres of music I've really latched onto over the years. I, I honestly just go to the PCG.church music tab and pick something out of there. I don't have a playlist of any kind. There's so much music there. There are Bible hymns. There are music albums and musical soundtracks, like I mentioned. And for me, that is all that I need. And sometimes I'll also get into the music of some of the performers that we've hosted here as part of the concert series. Maybe buy one of their CDs or find a video of them online. But it's quite, a, quite an all-encompassing lineup of music. And so I've never really branched out too much, I guess. So I'm thankful for the godly throne room culture in God's work. The fourth thing, or number four, we're going down from five. I'm thankful for the investment in the next generation. This has personally impacted me so much throughout my life. Philadelphia Youth Camp, which is now summer educational program, I had the privilege of attending six times as a teenager, one of those times in Australia. And really that was a miracle at the last minute. They needed more campers for the Australian PYC. And somehow all of my paperwork was filled out in time. I remember the Australian regional office working really hard to help with that, to make sure that I was able to fly over to Australia on short notice. And what an awesome experience that was. The campsite was in the middle of basically the mountains. There was a waterfall in the distance, all kinds of activities there. The beach was nearby. Just a glorious setting for a youth camp that changed lives that really did help people. Imperial Academy, Herbert W. Armstrong College, those camps I mentioned, all of these youth programs. And none of those programs are quite the cost they should be. They're all subsidized by the work, by supporters of the work. I mean, really, what price could you put on them anyway that would do those programs justice? 
These are programs that develop the next generation of leaders in God's church. These are programs that show our young people their potential before they even could see it for themselves. They face their fears. They branch out. They get out of their comfort zone. They meet new friends. They build lifelong good memories and good habits. Godly character in their lives from the time that they are just young teenagers. I don't know where I would be today without Philadelphia Youth Camp, Imperial Academy, and Herbert W. Armstrong College. And all the people over the years who patiently dealt with me and forgave me when I let them down and taught me such valuable lessons. And then it is our job, after going through programs like that, to turn around and start helping the next ones coming up, the next generation, the children becoming adults before our eyes in the next generation. So I'm thankful for the investment in the next generation in God's work. Number three, going down from five to one. Number three, I'm thankful for the communication training. Now, for decades, I have learned how to speak the truth in love, as it says in Ephesians 4, verse 15, how to wield the sword of the Bible, as it talks about in Hebrews 4, verse 12. And not just me, everyone who has been a part of God's work, been a part of the PCG, these are things that we are regularly taught. We are to be teachers today and especially in the future. That is part of our destiny. And we learn all about that. At Imperial Academy, I got to attend a speech class where the whole focus was on the specific purpose statement. What is a speech? What is a message, an article, or anything without a point, without a purpose, without a goal. And what should the goal be? It should be to change hearts and minds, to inspire, to motivate, to uplift, to encourage, to exhort. Going back to the high school days, the training in communication was evident. Every year at Armstrong College, the male students at least go through a speech class or a homiletics class where there's more of a focus on using the Bible and giving sermonettes or split Bible studies. And then the, the girls at the college have a speech class just in their freshman year. There's spokesman club. Now, the, the men at the college attend their own spokesman club. There are spokesman clubs in Edmond and in many of the field areas 
of the church. And this is a club that PCG Pastor General Gerald Flurry has said deeply impacted him. And he was the type of man who would attend back-to-back club meetings. So essentially five hours straight of listening to speeches, giving speeches, evaluating speeches, engaging in topic sessions that really stimulated the mind, being taught by the ministry in their lectures at those clubs. He valued those clubs and he was willing to stay up pretty late at night to go to two clubs in a row and then talk for hours afterward. That's the type of value that all of us should place on Spokesman Club. If we ever have the opportunity to attend it or to be a guest at one of the ladies' galas, for example. But communication training does not just stop at how to speak. I learned all the English rules (laughs) as part of the Imperial Academy and Armstrong College English classes. And during the student work program, when I got to write for PCG News and for the True Education, now perhaps I knew how to put a period at the end of the sentence before these programs. But the English teaching here, the language instruction is on a different level. It really is. The writing training was deeply valuable, still is. And of all things, I have recently become an English teacher. Never thought that would happen. But communication is such a crucial part of being a teacher. And that is our job now and forever. How can we teach if we can't even use the language? How can we engage in royal communication if we can't construct a sentence? And so there is detailed instruction in communication, in the rules of language, how to write, how to speak, and how to do all of that in love. So I'm thankful for the communication training in God's work. Number two, going down from five, the second, the the second most important, you could say, thing that I'm thankful for regarding God's work. I'm thankful for the focus on family. In The God Family Vision, a book available to you for free at thetrumpet.com. On page 23, Mr. Gerald Flurry writes, Having physical children helps prepare the first fruits to get ready to have billions of children in the world tomorrow. Those converted in the millennium are likened to children of the husband, Christ, and his wife, the church. Rearing physical children is a type of what we will be doing spiritually in the world tomorrow. We are called to help Christ in this job, to be his helpmeet. God wants us to focus our minds on all the children to come on the scene in the future and to get ready to rear them and dedicate them all to the father the way Hannah did her son. 
rearing children is a trial and a test. There is struggle involved. We have to struggle to teach our children. Likewise, it will be a struggle to teach all the spiritual children in the future. So God has us start small, learning many wonderful lessons with a few physical children. Even if you don't have children, you can still learn this all-important lesson by studying God's word and observing other families. So I've been married for over five years now, and I've benefited greatly from our new Child Rearing with Vision book, also available to you for free at thetrumpet.com, in raising our two children, Loma and Rush. And there is really nothing better physically than coming home from work and your children stampeding toward you, shouting to you, smiles, lighting them up. And then they just latch onto your leg like little monkeys. Nothing better in life than that. And God's work teaches a message about family, physical family, spiritual family, how to do it right, what the priorities should be. It's God first, then getting married, then having children. It's a crucial order that almost no one understands. Family. It doesn't get any more beautiful than that. And yet our physical families point to the world tomorrow and beyond when we'll be teaching and training and helping and healing all mankind and many more people to come even after the world tomorrow, most likely. So the second most important thing I'm thankful for, this is my list, my opinion regarding God's work. I'm thankful for the focus on family in God's work. Now, finally, point number one, I'm thankful for a living hope. On page three of the Epistles of Peter, A Living Hope, a booklet also available to you for free at thetrumpet.com. Mr. Flurry writes, you will never work diligently for God if you are not filled with joyful anticipation of the glorious future that awaits God's family. If our mind is just on the things of this world, we will become mired in depression, stress, and discouragement. But that is not how God thinks. If we were perfect, We wouldn't have those negative emotions, but of course we aren't. We struggle with doubts. Like Jonah, in our weaker moments, we can even want to run from our responsibility to God. The one thing that keeps us from running away and hiding from all of our problems and the crippling problems we see in the world is a living hope. We have to be able to see through the black darkness of today to the bright hope 
of tomorrow. A better world is coming. Now, growing up, I I faced probably more than my fair share of persecution and criticism for my beliefs. And yet, I could see the way those children lived. I could see how they were suffering from broken homes and how they lived for the weekend. They lived to lose their minds on the weekend. And it was actually funny because they would tease me like, yeah, we, we tease, we tease Turgeon a lot, but he probably has hundreds of friends in his church. Now to them, that didn't seem very realistic. They thought if I didn't have many friends in school, it was probably the same elsewhere. But I actually did have hundreds of friends in God's church. And because of that, there really wasn't any temptation to go along with what they were doing. This work is a work of family and friends. And there's such an environment of love and support here that why would we ever want to go anywhere else? We are picturing the world tomorrow right here in God's church, in God's work today. And we're trying to give that hope to the entire world. We don't run away because we know something better is coming. We have a living hope. So to recap, five through one, things I'm thankful for about God's work. Number five, I'm thankful for the godly throne room culture. Number four, I'm thankful for the investment in the next generation. Number three, I'm thankful for the communication training. Number two, I'm thankful for the focus on family. And number one, I'm thankful for a living hope. There's so much more I could have put. I could have gone on and on forever, probably. But God's work, what a thing to be thankful for. What a thing to thank God for during this thankfulness week. If you have a different list, if you have any strong disagreements with this list, please feel free to let me know. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.